In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you are enjoying Christmas 2023. Amy, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I wish it was really Christmas. I know. We are uh, recording this shockingly long before Christmas is actually set to transpire. Uh, but but nonetheless, I already have my Christmas decorations <laughs> up and everything. I've already started watching Christmas movies. You, well, so. you started doing that in March, so... That's true. I never really stop, let's be honest. Like, if I'm having a day, I watch a Christmas movie. So it really doesn't matter what time of year. It's a year round. Truly. I I am probably going to do my tree in the next week or so because we're coming up on Thanksgiving in reality yeah. time. And so that would give me like about a month of tree enjoyment. Yeah, that's which fair. seems good. Um, and since I have a fake tree because it is Australia, it can just be up that month. It could be without, up till it could be up all year, March. frankly. <laughs> but, um, but I yeah, feel I mean, that if we're talking about all year. I mean, I feel like it would take away some of the fun if it were if I really were that's having true. it all year long. But um, that is true. I think it, it does take away from the excitement and the novelty of it. Right. Um, so before we dive into our holiday feature this year, <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask you kind of a broader question because I was realizing in the context of this movie, um, we've watched a lot of shark films. Mm-hmm. And I guess... My question is, why shark movies? I mean, I think if I remember... You mean like why Hollywood? Like, are you asking me as if I'm Hollywood? Well, maybe it's that, but it's also like, I think it's maybe it's a two-part question. It's like, why does Hollywood make a shark movie? But then as well, I guess it's more of an opinion question because I would wager that the See You Next Week in Space podcast family, a.k.a. me and you... Um, <laughs> I think we like shark movies a lot. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think that might be it. Because I actually was just talking the other day about another shark movie that I watched where I can't remember what it was called, but it's with, you should, actually should watch it. <laughs> um, I, but I can't remember what it's called, so it's not helpful. Um, with Alicia Silverstone oh. and... Another guy, and they're on <laughs> vacation somewhere, 
they're in a place where they have those huts over the water. Oh. And there's like a bad storm that comes and basically they wake up in their hut in the middle of the damn ocean. Whoa. Um, yeah, bad. Wait, is um, this a recent, is it a recent movie? Because there's yeah, one from 2022 recent. that's called Yeah. From Below. I can't remember what it's called, but if it's with her, it's that's it. Okay. Yeah, that seems to be or the rec the Rakeen. Oh, it's that. It's that one. That's why I can't remember the name of it because I don't understand what that name is about. Me neither. Um, but it anyway, looks like it's also look- sometimes called from from below for some reason. That makes so. more sense. <laughs> The Rakim. Maybe that, yeah, that's what it. Maybe the oh, maybe means something in different language. I bet it's I bet it's French, and I bet it means raft. Oh, there you go. That, that is what sense. I would imagine is going on. Okay, there. that makes sense. Okay, all right. So, moving on. Because <laughs> maybe they're in French Polynesia. I actually don't remember that where sounds, they're supposed to be. That sounds like a thing that could be correct. <laughs> anyway, I the, I think to answer your question, yes, I personally do like a shark movie. Yeah, I do too. Because like I was thinking about even how in this podcast we've done a number of shark movies. And I've watched way more than anything we've watched. (laughs) I mean, I've watched way more shark movies than any, like just the ones we've watched for this podcast. That one I just mentioned. I've um, definitely watched Deep Blue Sea more than once. Um, I'm pretty sure. I've watched 47 Meters Down. I've also watched. with Mandy Moore. (laughs) <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh my God! That's a good one. They're in. They're in like a fucking cage in that one. That's a good one. Um, um I have, I've seen the Meg. I think as well. Oh, I haven't seen that. I'm one. pretty sure I have seen the Meg. I've um, also seen one called Santa Jaws. <laughs> oh God! Of course, that one's like a Christmas themed Jaws movie. Actually, that um, was one of when I was looking for what we would talk about today. Well, that that's was what we on could ta- talk the about. list. As well, and that it was crazy because I it seemed it was just crazy too. How would it's I say? Bad, I, like if I recall, we're, even though we certainly have watched our fair share of bad things on this podcast, we're not ostensibly about watching bad stuff. So I was like, maybe no, it's very bad. <laughs> maybe not this year, but for future, yeah, no, it's very bad. Because I think, like, actually, the like the shark literally goes around with a little like Santa hat on it. Yes, the like po- it's- the poster, <laughs> the poster suggests. Or maybe it's just that. the poster. <laughs> it might. I don't remember if it's just the poster, and I'm remembering that. But either way. It is very. I remember it being dumb. So yeah, I really do like a shark movie. I think that is the truth. And it's funny because even in watching this one, at the even though I do love a shark movie, I also hate like underwater shots. Yes, sort of. yes, that does make because it difficult for you. <laughs> they make me uncomfortable. And actually, the first part of this movie was like a dark at night, like. Yes. POV shot, and I yes. did not like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I af, As I was watching it, I was like, oh, Amy's going to be mad at me again because somehow I've gotten <laughs> her, like, thalassophobia to trigger, and I didn't mean to, even though I probably should have known that that was going to be a well, thing. I mean, <laughs> like, well, it's a weird two things to have. Like, I love a shark movie, but I also have thalassophobia. It doesn't really It seems up. like it would be challenging. <laughs> I guess I can like separate the two, but it it has. How do you think it's affected you since you do watch shark movies? How do you feel like it's affected you in your real life when talking about ocean swimming? Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's funny because 
I guess it hasn't much affected me. Okay. To to be honest, because yeah, maybe what it is is like. Well, one, I don't. When I'm like swimming in the ocean, I'm not swimming like out in open water. I'm like quite near the beach, and um, yeah. and as we know, even from this very film, um, most of the varying forms of sharks, in particular, don't really exist in any of the places that I swim. So, well, I have questions about that, but yeah. So, yeah, it's a low grade, super low grade concern to me in terms of like being in the ocean, being around the ocean. Um, Although, what I've heard from people is if you've swum in the ocean, and no matter how shallow, you've swum near a shark and you just don't know it. That might be true. That That might be true. Because I. I feel like it's more true than a lot of people would want to believe because also, obviously, in shark movies, the whole thing is, like, they're bloodthirsty and they're attacking at all times. And in real life, they might not be doing that, but they might be near you. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, yes, because the even... I feel like, actually, I don't think it was necessarily because of Jaws, but, like, I think after a lot of these movies come out, like every time a big one comes out and it, like, I guess we never really talked about why Hollywood loves a great white, but they do. Um, <laughs> like every time one comes out, the like shark advocacy network operationalizes <laughs> and is like, but they don't. And this is, and in fact, they don't even really yeah. like human beings. And I think, yes, I, like sharks don't get, have a taste for human meat. Um, No, but we're in their environment and they're big and they're predators and shit happens. Sure. But like that's the same as so many things where it's like, yes, a lion could eat you and maul your face and kill. (laughs) Like that could happen. Um, Of course. But I don't often worry much about it in my day to day. Um, even That's though right. I Although guess a lion, I would, I would argue a lion, you would really have to be very short sighted to not see it at least coming. <laughs> like, a shark you might you not may be get able surprised to, by. Yeah. You might not be able to get out of the way in time, but you would <laughs> That's see That's true. It's but if coming. you already see it coming, you already, I feel like you already I think you're fucked by then. Yeah. yeah. You're pretty yeah. fucked by then. <laughs> Um, well, again, Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to see you <laughs> next week in space. It is our Christmas episode. I am Sarah Walsh, and I'm here with my sister and co-host, Amy Walsh. And Amy, why don't you tell everyone what we're talking about this week? Well, you may wish we were talking about Jaws the original, but we're not. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. We I are... certainly found myself wishing I was watching Jaws the original when I watched this. I know. Here's here's the thing about Jaws the original though. Like I like it up until a certain point and then I get very bored. I, I understand. Will, I will be honest. Yeah, I understand. Once that. they're on the boat with those three old dudes, I'm like, "Meh, I'm okay." Anyway, yeah. um <laughs> what we did watch was Jaws the Revenge from 1987. You need to say it right, Amy. Jaws. Oh. The Revenge. The re- Oh wow, that's interesting because I would have said it differently. When you when you just said correctly, I interpret it differently. Well, then how would you have said it? I well, I said it normal, but I would have said Jaws, 
the revenge. Oh, both like are good, I think. I think both <laughs> both are acceptable. Um, so the IMDb description for this movie is as follows. Chief Brody's widow believes that her family is deliberately being targeted by another shark in search of revenge. Now... Oh. I have so many questions already. Yeah. Do you want to start with one of your yeah. bigger questions? <laughs> well, first of all, I don't know that I've seen all of the in-between Jaws. So I don't, I don't really think know I have. Of, I don't know all of the backstory, but first, number one question. So Chief Brody is dead. Yes. Do we know when he, when did he die in the one right before this one? I, Not that I guess it doesn't matter. I don't believe so. Let me just quickly check something because... then my next question becomes, I love that that's what she thinks. But, like, (laughs) I also... So it's... The whole time I was thinking she thought they were being targeted because it's the same shark. And then I was like, hasn't it died in every single movie? Well, right. That's... Yeah. That, I thought... Like, to me, that's also... And I guess it, not just to me, to many a person, they thought the same thing. They were like, why would another shark have no sense. a vendetta against the Brody family? If there were any was shark, like the, it would be the one that has been featured in the are, previous are we, movies. Right. Like, are we to suppose this is like the the offspring of, of I don't the know. previous shark or something? I do not know. So, and are sharks smart like that? No, of course not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, so from what I'm gathering, Jaws 3 um, features the Brody family again, only now in that one they're in SeaWorld, and SeaWorld is getting oh attacked by a shark. Oh, um, I think I've seen... I feel like maybe I've seen parts of that. I actually I mean, would... How is SeaWorld getting I attacked? I would actually what is happening there? watch... I don't know. I would actually watch it because this has Leah Thompson... Is that the one with LL Cool J? No, that's Deep Blue Sea. Oh, I thought he... Oh, okay. No, this one... And is it that... Jaws 3 has Dennis Quaid playing Mike Brody, who is also in this movie um and oh i think this is right i think i remember now so hold on let me just double check something about the plot um do you know the kid that played mike brody or michael Brody, whatever the kid in the first in the original he died young that oh that's sad um okay so that's what i thought so um the guy who plays Chief Brody, um, now I'm forgetting his name, Scheider, John Scheider. Roy Schneider. Roy Scheider. Roy. Um, he, he is in one and two of Jaws. Okay. And then he is not in any subsequent Jaws movies. Um, and in fact, he specifically refused to be in this one, Jaws the Revenge. Um. That's fair. And so what, so the thing is, is like the movie begins with Ellen Brody uh, being very sad because Chief Brody, Martin Brody, um, has died off screen previously. Um, Okay, okay. And so that's what's going on there. Okay. 
any other questions? Um, I guess that's I guess that's it. It's really it was really there the may be more a, a shark deliberately targeting someone. <laughs> yeah, there may be more as we go on. Oh uh, yeah, um, I think there definitely will be. <laughs> so uh, this movie of therefore focuses around Chief Martin Brody's widow named Ellen, um, who is played by Lorraine Gary, um, who has played Ellen Brody across all of the films. Um, in fact, she came out of retirement specifically to do this role. Um, That's wild. Yeah, I don't precisely know why she might have why? done it. Um, <laughs> because as you'll see here, both Roy Scheider and Richard Dreyfus refused to be in this movie. Um, well, I mean, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be rude to her, but I do feel like those two are at a little bit different level in terms of yeah, careers. For sure. Yeah. Um especially Richard Dreyfus, I would say. Yeah. Especially at that time. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um but Lorraine uh Gary came out of retirement, I think in part anyway, because she was excited to work with Michael Caine. Um that makes sense. Although, I like, so when I was starting this outline, I hadn't watched the movie yet. And so I was like, oh, that's a pleasant surprise. Michael Caine is in this movie. That's fun. <laughs> and then when I watched the movie, I was like, he's barely in it. Like, what's going yeah. on? Um, and he, he probably got put in it as like a get. And then he was like, but don't make me do too much. Prob- I mean, yes, I think it is probably true that he only was probably shooting for, like, maybe a couple, a couple weeks. Days. Like, max oh. a couple weeks. Like, okay. Um, I, I mean, I don't precisely know how long shooting for anything kind of tends to take. Um, yeah, I don't either. But uh, in particular, this would have been quite um, a short time of shooting because... Uh, Sidney Scheinberg, who was the CEO at MCA Universal who made this movie, um, he really rushed through the production um, and like greenlit a bunch of things because he wanted this movie out as fast as humanly possible. Um, mm. And this was because of the commercial success of Jaws 3D, which came out in 83. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, well, it was like a combination of how well Jaws 3D had done, as well as that the studio was going through a rough economic patch. And so he was like, we had a big seller with that one, so we should get out another one, and that will help us through. Um, He also wanted... Uh (laughs) Yeah. um, He also wanted to tie this movie... Um, to like so if Jaws 3D was a bit of a gimmick then Jaws the Revenge was also going to have a bit of a gimmick element because he wanted to tie this to the ride at Universal Studios that's the Jaws ride oh um, which at that time go on the Jaws ride a little bit yeah at that time that was new so he was like oh this will like that's why there are so many scenes of the shark jumping out of the water in this one because that's a thing that they do in the ride oh Okay, well, mm, interesting. I kind of... Have you been on the ride? No, I don't even know if I've ever been on to Universal Studios, honestly. Really? Yeah, I know. I mean, I I know I've been to Disney World, of course, but, like, I don't think I've ever gone to Universal Studios. 
is the, have you been to like where they had, I don't know if it's there anymore, probably not because it's not relevant, but the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like that place, is that not Universal? That sounds vaguely familiar. Like maybe I did we go to that. We definitely went there. At least I went to that. That so I feel sounds like, like a thing. So maybe, the, is that Universal? I thought so, but I it's been a jillion years, so I could be misremembering. Hold on. And I thought see. that, I feel like I sort of had a memory of a Jaws ride, but maybe not. I will say this movie had the shark coming out too much. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so according to the internet, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids thing was in Disney. Oh, okay. Which I guess yeah. maybe I've never been to Universal then. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have not been. Oh, okay. So, um, so anyway, this was like, these were a series of different events that like kind of conflated to have this movie happen, including the fact that Lorraine Gary was Sidney Scheinberg's wife. So, oh, damn, okay. Um, she, I mean, she was his wife when they did the original Jaws as well. Mm-hmm. And, an act, and we'll talk about, she, had, she was already an actor at that time. Um, so all, you know, through all these things, he was like, come on, hon, like come out of retirement, do this movie for me. The the studio needs it. That makes sense. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, and also Michael Caine has famously said that like, uh, you know, cause people were quite dismayed maybe is the word I should say, uh, (laughs) that he was in this movie, um, And as he has said in his 1992 autobiography, he says that the film will, quote, go down in my memory as the time when I won an Oscar, paid for a house, and had a great holiday. Not bad for a flop (laughs) movie. Yeah, I feel like like when I mentioned to mom that he was in it, she said, oh, I think he just did it for money or I feel she seemed to like already know that fact for some reason. Yeah. But... That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, hey. Yeah, he got to go to the Bahamas for some amount of time. Yeah. Um, and he did win an Oscar, obviously not for this movie. Um, that would be hilarious. But, yeah, in fact, he didn't even get to accept his Oscar for Hannah and her what sisters. What did he get an, Oh, Hannah and her sisters. Um, because he was doing reshoots in the Bahamas when the Academy Awards were happening. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So good old Michael Caine, a working actor till the end. Um, wow. Now, as we've been, as you've been kind of pointing to, uh, this is the lowest grossing movie in the franchise. It did not perform in the way that people wanted it to. Um, I mean, it still made its money back, but it was no, it was not the kind of economic Come savior the studio. to the yeah. studio yeah, that they were hoping for. Um, but it did create something that remains in the ethos into forever, which is the tagline for this movie is, this time it's personal. That's crazy. That came from this? Yes. I feel like they say that in almost every movie now. I know. Or like some... 
some version of that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So that's the origin. It is a good tagline. It is an excellent one. And, and I mean, the reason why it's so good and why now it's become like so cliche is because you're like, I guess that applies to almost every movie. <laughs> like, well, um, and it applies to literally like everything. Yeah. So. Like, well, it's so vague. Yeah. Like, this time it's personal and you're like. I deal. I feel like every horror movie like has that as like a tagline sort of. Yeah. I would Um, believe that. Well, I think especially like you would see that tagline. That's like a sequel tagline. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, And so that's why a horror franchise would be suited quite well by that tagline. Yeah. Um, So to just talk a little bit more about the cast, uh, the character of Ellen Brody, as I said, was played by a 50-year-old Lorraine Gary, um, who, because she is the wife she, of the Wait a student, second now. She's 50 in this? She's 50 in this. Why does she have a full-grown man son? Um, because things were different. I guess, I guess some people... <laughs> I guess some people do. I guess you can. I guess that's possible. Um, I, okay. Well, her son—that seems young to have like a full-grown man son. Well, to me, but anyway. her son, the actor playing her son, was twenty-seven, and yeah, I guess that's fine. I guess that's in, fine. Okay, fine. In eighty-seven, yeah, like well, because that means that. No, I mean she could have a twenty-five-year-old and have been twenty-five. I guess it's pretty right. normal. I was just that yeah. to me that sounds like old or young for. Yes. I agree I with you. That's funny because I thought you were going to say she looked older than 50 because I, I thought that. Oh, I kind of, yeah, I kind of think that too. Well, I mean, I've read her as older than 50, but I think it was partially because of like them calling her grandma her son. the whole time. And yeah. 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 Um, so Lorraine Gary, her, she is also the namesake for Lorraine McFly from Back to the Future. Oh. Um, also done that's by funny. Universal, so I think that's the so in joke. So her husband had something to do with that. I think it's just the in joke of that, yeah. Oh, um, and so like I said, even though some people who are not particularly generous often talk about how she was, you know, quote unquote, given this role in the original Jaws because she was the studio executive's wife, um, she mm-hmm. did do quite a bit of TV work. Um, primarily through like the late 60s and into the mid 70s. Um, and then Jaws is 75. She continues to work basically until 79, um, whereupon she retires at the age of 42, which is my age. And I am, sweet. I am very far away from retirement, but acting oh, is man, different, I guess. <laughs> oh man, if I could retire at 42, oh holy hell. Mm, that is some sweet, sweet. Well, I guess you just I have made, to... I made some wrong choices. Yes, I was going to say, you just have to marry an extremely wealthy studio executive and you too can retire at 42. Mm. Um, mm. And then, as I said, she was she was drawn out of retirement for this movie, um, but then she super extra retired after this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I can say. Uh, now, Michael Brody, who, as I just learned, was played by Dennis Quaid in Jaws 3D. This time, Michael mm-hmm. Brody is played by a 27-year-old Lance Guest, 
who we actually have already run across in this podcast and talked about because he is the titular last starfighter in the movie The Last Starfighter. Oh, I knew I recognized him, but I don't know if it's from that or from something else. But I knew, I was like, that guy's familiar. I, I would imagine it would have been from Last Starfighter because... Um, I mean, he's in a lot of stuff, but I, I just feel that for you, the thing that like was triggering your memory was probably that movie. Yeah. And now I feel like I sort of remember that now that you say that. Yeah. Then we have the character of Jake, Mike's friend, played by a 30 year old Mario, Mario Van Peebles, um, who I hadn't quite realized, like I'd heard of. I've run across Mario Van Peebles before. He's been in a lot of things. Um, mm. But what I didn't know was that he also, he has, his dad is a famous director, Melvin Van Peebles. Um, mm. And in fact, Melvin Van Peebles appears in this movie as one of like the other boat crew types. Oh. Um, but in addition, so his dad was a famous director, I think primarily of like black exploitation films to some degree. Oh, okay. Um, but then, so intriguingly, Mario Van Peebles uh, got a degree in economics from Columbia University. Um, Damn, okay. Yeah, so he's smart. And then he, however, he decided to eventually pursue acting and he also does directing as well. Um he has quite a lot of credits building up even before this movie, um, including what I thought was the most intriguing, the Facts of Life Down Under TV movie. What? What does that mean? Well, you know oh, the show a, Facts of Life. No, he's not Australian. He's American. Oh. Um, I don't know what oh. role he plays in this TV movie. But you know the show Facts of Life, The Facts of Life. Yeah, I know of it. I never really watched it. It had that theme song that was like, you take the good, the take the bad, there you are, and then you have The Facts of Life. The, the Facts yeah, of Life. I mean, I, it had, I mean, I remember some of the characters on it, but I like uh, Tootie or something yes, like that. Yes, good old Tootie. Uh, yes. Um, so I assume that the facts of life down under is for some reason they did like a special TV moment episode like thing where it was like, watch the cast of the facts of life go to Australia. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Because wasn't there a full house where they went to Australia? Not Australia. They went to Hawaii. Oh, I feel like I was remembering another thing from that era where it was like a, like a very beloved TV family went on a trip to Australia and then that was an episode hmm. or something but I, I could be misremembering I feel like they did that like ep- well I feel like um, a lot of shows at that time sort of did the like vacation episode if you will yeah. you know yeah. like yeah or special even like right. maybe it, it was, was like a special more than, yeah 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 so he's in that. He's in more reputable things like New Jack City. Um, he also much later on uh, is in 43 episodes of All My Children. Um, wow. Yeah. And then he, like his father, has also done quite a bit of directing. Um, so he has 53 directing credits as well. Wow. Um, and upcoming, especially important in this Christmas moment... 
He's got an upcoming movie called Christmas Rescue, which I have no idea what it's about. Oh, but, man. I have um, so many Christmas movies to watch. I wish we knew when any of these were coming out. I know. Well, let me see. <laughs> I wonder. Well, it that is. That and The Christmas Cop. God, oh, I yeah. See Christmas Cop from last week. Um, <laughs> well, I think the difficulty is one, you know, like you can't always tell from good old IMDb what's happening. But also the... Um, the strike, it, it's hard to know. Ah, uh, um, yeah. Although this one says that Christmas Rescue is 2023, and it says the word completed next to it. So. Oh, I hope it's. Oh, my God. And the, do you want to hear the premise of the movie? Yes. A man abducts the love of his life from her holiday-themed wedding in a desperate attempt to win her back. Oh, so it's like domestic violence. <laughs> yes, it is. It absolutely is. Damn. It's oh, it's wow. going back okay. to what we were talking about in our production call. It's a Twin Flames universe abduction inspired. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Uh, I don't wow. know if I want to watch that or don't, but it does exist as I know. a thing. Oh, gosh. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch that either, but oh, I just love a Christmas movie, even if it's I terrible. I know. Um, then we'll move on to Carla Brody, Michael Brody's wife, played by a 29-year-old Karen Young, um, who seems to sort of show up on the scene in the early 80s, mostly in small movie roles. Um, she was in something called The Boy Who Cried Bitch, which <gasps> that sounds, sounds great. great. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I mean, maybe someday God. I should go through these things that I've found and just be like, we'll just do a real deep dive. Write a list into of all those crazy some of movies. these weird ones. Um, but I think probably what most people might ultimately recognize her from, albeit many years later, is she had a recurring character on The Sopranos. For a number of seasons. Oh. Um, but I was never oh, much I of never a Sopranos fan. So I, yeah, I wasn't, yeah. she didn't ring any bells with me in terms of like recognizing okay. her face. Um, and it looks like from what I can tell, she's probably retired um, in 2012 because that's when her last credit hits. Um, okay. Which is fair enough. Um, then, of course, we have the, the wonderful character named after a sandwich Hoagie, um, <laughs> played by a 54-year-old Michael Caine, um, wow. who we have talked about. Did you hear how I was doing Michael Caine's voice yeah, as Michael Caine? that was Caine? good. I know. I, I was trying was to good. get, I was trying to do more, but like I really can only, I'm only good at you really can only say his saying name. his name. Well, it's like. I wonder if I can maybe well, do... Just, is he just regular British? like, Or is it speci- he's kind like of, a particular well, accent? Well, he's a Londoner. And then okay. he's like a lower class guy. And that like was the thing is like when I was... So we don't really need to talk about him because we talked about him um, when we did our Children of Men episode. Um, but from mm. what I gathered or what I remember from that time. I feel time, like you did that same, I feel like you did that same impression then. <laughs> it's it's my one impression I can do. So I do it as much as I can. Um, but I think he was like a lower class Londoner. 
And okay. like, and so one of the, some of the things I don't think I said the last time we spoke about him is he like actually participated in the Korean War as a soldier. Um, so, oh. like, so he was coming up, and when he really hit his stride in like kind of the mid to late '60s with a lot of very prominent movie roles, it was kind of a bit of a coup, I guess you could say. It was like a big deal because he was playing these very like. Um, cultured and aristocratic people, but like British society at the time and still today to, to quite a strong degree. It's really hard for someone who's from like the hard scrabble parts of London to then ascend at, into like, you know, the stratosphere that he was able to mm-hmm. do. Um, and so I would also guess that while his his voice and delivery have become so well known and that's why people do impressions of him um Mm -hmm. i think he himself actually probably did over the course of his acting career affect different british accents to to appear more posh or more lower class or whatever you know like that sort of thing yeah um but it did also say and this is directly from his imdb bio it says that by the 1970s quote he seemed to take on roles in below-average films simply for the money he could by then command. <laughs> you know what? Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, let I mean, me see. People got to do what they got to do. Yeah, let me see if I can try and do this quote from him about what he had to say about being in Jaws, if I can do it in his accent. accent. It's like, Michael okay. Caine, okay. Michael Caine, oh, I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> that, that... <laughs> <laughs> is that your warm up? That's my warm up. Um, boy, I'm Michael Caine. Uh, that the film will go down in my memory as a time when I won an Oscar, paid for a house, and had a great holiday. Not bad for a flop movie. I feel like that was pretty good. Maybe that's just a British accent, not his specifically. I mean, it sounded cute to me. I don't know. Like, it didn't sound like um, him per se, because your voice is a very different timbre, but like. Right. Because I'm a woman and he's a man. Correct. <laughs> I mean, still good though. Um, so that's these and, are the. Oh, go on. Oh, I was going to say. I guess maybe did you leave out the little girl on purpose? I did leave out the little girl on purpose first because okay. I was like, how important could she possibly I I can, be? I figured to the out story. why. Yeah, like I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, yes, once I did look into her, her a bit story more, is tragic. It's way too tragic, and I'd rather not say yeah. much about it. Um, but there is yeah. a cute young girl in this movie who sadly did not make it to adulthood. Um, yes. So I mean, she's she was pretty famous, I think, as a child. It child-star seemed like it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it seemed like it for sure. Um, yeah, which, and I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but it did. You know how do I want to put this? You know how <laughs> when you watch like child actors of that era, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is like they tell the kid to sound stupid, or if like I'm like <laughs> you sound. Like there's some sort of issue happening because they always like the actual like sound of their voice or the things that they say. No, the things that they say are just like always super oh. dumb and like I don't well, know, like child. I think child dialogue is just like real bad. Yeah, in some 
cases. Well, I guess I'll say when it's not a kids movie, where it's like a movie about kids, yes. where kids are the main stars. Like, but if it's a kid who appears in an adult movie, then all of a sudden, generally, it's like, is something wrong with this kid's brain? Like. <laughs> I think generally, like, kids, especially maybe at this time and before, were seen as stupid. and Probably. You know what I mean? Like, so they just made them say dumb shit to make yeah. it, like, more apparent. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, there's one thing that Thea, this character, says that we'll get to that is just, like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but before we get to that precious moment, um, we begin our story... Uh, with the credit sequence, where it, which, as you said, this was one of your more disturbing ones because not only was it underwater, it was underwater at night. Yeah, I don't like that. I didn't love it either. But although what I did write in my notes uh, when I was watching this part is like, is there always that much crap under the water? <laughs> like so <laughs> many, so many rocks and like broken bits of boats and like things under there? I think I, the answer I, is probably yeah. I, I guess mean, I, so. And because it's it starts off in Amity. It's yeah. not Amityville. What is the It's answer? Amity, it's Amity, right? I, like, it's a fictive place in Massachusetts, but I think it's supposed yeah. to be sort of like the Cape. Like the Cape? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I would imagine at the Cape, there is a lot of crap in the water. <laughs> I guess so. It's just, it was so weird. I was like, is that what every harbor looks like inside it? <laughs> like, uh, if so, I'm, I don't know. Like, it was just a very weird vibe, but... Then yeah. we were in the we jump from the harbor to the Brody family kitchen. Ellen is making dinner uh, for her son Sean, and it's a few days before Christmas. Um, and Thea, Michael, and Carla will are set to arrive soon to f- celebrate the holiday. Um, mm-hmm. Sean, Ellen's other son, is then called to the police station. Um, where he is the deputy, and there's a framed photo of uh, Martin Brody on the wall. Um, And Sean gets a call that uh, there's something wrong with one of, like, the buoys out in the harbor, and he has to go and fix it. Um, Is Is that the sheriff's job? Like, I'm very curious. Like, maybe I mean, in a beach town, I suppose, but, I like... I think, yeah. I mean, I I was thinking that as well, because, like, I couldn't quite make out what the call said the problem was, because, like, when you get out there, you see that it's a big log that's kind of, like, gotten caught to the buoy, and so it's, like, not yeah. functioning properly. But I could have sworn... It's like, a Coast Guard type of thing. Yeah, and I could have sworn that what the secretary who took the call said was something about how some ducks had gotten like caught there and I was like what does that mean Hmm. and so yes I was like surely that's like an animal control or like somebody else but then I was like well this is supposed to be a small town and it's Christmas Christmas time time, so like I guess he's going out there Um, then of course Things that are bad start to happen. Um, Sean, Sean goes, he passes by the high school band who seem to be practicing for the Christmas pageant. Um, as a result, 
when he goes out on the water to check the buoy to, and to discover that there's this large log that's kind of like making it bobble to the side in a particular way, what happens when he goes to try and fix that? Well, the shark comes. Yes. And, and what happens? And it bites his arm off. Correct. We get our first reveal. So, like, one of the things... Weirdly, I was like... I must have been saying I was watching this movie and, so, like, someone was, like, kind of poo-pooing Jaws, the original. And I was like, no, I really genuinely like Jaws, the original. And what, And they were like, yeah, but the shark looks so fake. And I'm like, yeah, but, like... But you only see it once. Right. And I was like, and that's one of the things that Jaws, the original, kind of made famous, in a sense, which was, like... Because they had figured out that the shark looked not good. So they were like, how do we make it scary if we can't really show the shark very much? Like, how do we It's so much scarier. Like, that that opening scene... Because this one, like, this is, like, the first kill, right? Right. So it's dark. And making it dark is usually a good choice, number one. Right. Um, And then, like, the first... So the first kill scene in, like, for example, like, a a side-by-side, the first kill scene in Jaws original... And this this one, um, both scary in their ways, but the original is you don't know what's happening under the water, and right. that makes it a lot scarier. Yeah, and and so it's like funny though that that's like what the original Jaws taught us, which is like don't reveal too much too yeah. early. This is like forget that we're going to show you no. right away. Like the sh- yeah. the shark jumps out in a very fakey theatrical way he bites off the arm of sean brody and then sean is still alive being like oh my god and he like looks down but they're singing wait this is wait is this when they're singing the christmas songs over him screaming yes (laughs) correct that was a little bit funny i'm not gonna lie so he like and i mean there were quite a a lot of things that were funny because it was like jumping back and forth shot for shot of like kids singing the first Noel (laughs) and this guy being eaten by a shark. But like one of the things that I thought was super funny is at one point, like after the initial attack, he like looks down, he's like, Oh shit, my arm's gone. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I was like, I think I would have noticed that. I don't know. Maybe you're in shock. Um, yeah, but basically yes, Sean Brody gets like, dragged to the bottom of the harbor and no one hears him scream because the local high school band is preparing for the pageant. <laughs> then These we jump damn Christmas pageants, I tell you. I know. I like we talked we've talked about this. You and I have never I once seen or been involved in a Christmas pageant and yet Christmas movies suggest they're happening on every fucking street corner starting on like I'm- December 1st. <laughs> Yeah, and like we're we're from like a small New England town that a lot of these types right. of movies are set in. Right. So like WTF. why haven't we why haven't we gotten our Christmas pageant in our whole I'm like lives? retroactively pissed. <laughs> like <laughs> because what the hell? I know. I know. We'll I'm just annoyed. have to plan for some year in the future to get We'll have some. to do an adult Christmas pageant. Oh, I can't think you know of what? anything fucking worse than that. Oh my God. <laughs> no, we're not in it, but like, but that's, you know what? Here's what happened to us. We didn't have a Christmas pageant. So you know what our like little narcissistic, narcissistic heads did? We were like, we're going to 
dance alone in our basements and make Correct. our parents watch because we don't have a Christmas pageant. Yes. Not every Boom, child pair would come up with that response, but we sure did. <laughs> we did, and we made them watch like a full two-hour performance. Correct. Every year for many years, and I think there's video and guess what? of it somewhere. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, and guess what? It was like pretty much all improv, so you can yes. bet your ass it was bad. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I don't know. I remember vividly one year after the conclusion of our Nutcracker Suite. Just so the audience knows, that's what Amy that's is what talking we about. We did an every annual Christmas show of a Nutcracker for our parents. Um, yeah, and they did not request it. We came up with the idea. <laughs> Um, no, I'm sure they they the opposite of requested yeah. it. Well, they, they have to have been because be over. I remember Dad at the conclusion of one year's performance. Dad being like, "Well, you know, traditionally, when you dance, it's meant to go with the music." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't remember that, but. No, because he told me, because I was like, I know, like, he told me because I was technically the choreographer, so. Oh my God, that's so funny. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Shit, that's very funny. It is. Um, Dry sense of humor, our father had. (laughs) Dry. Um, How how old would you say you were when he said that? there's no way I was older. There was no way I was older than nine when he told me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I think we, I mean, we, we had like costume changes. Like yes, it was, we did. We did try our hardest. That is true. We did practice. <laughs> Even though there, we there was would. no actual <laughs> for real choreography, we did practice. We did practice. Like, we did have some rehearsals before going oh my online. God. Yeah. Kids are weird. Anyway. <laughs> um, I'm glad we've had this moment of levity because now we're back to where <laughs> Ellen needs to identify her dead son in okay, rough. Um, the local lab or whatever it is. Now, here's something that I thought was very weird. So she mm-hmm. identifies her son. We see a body under like a sheet. But yeah. like the thing is, is if the if Sean was killed by the shark, which we the audience know he was. Yeah, and I thought he was sunk to the bottom. Well, you could get that again, but, like, the thing is, it's like that yeah. sheet should be covered in blood or something. That, and it shouldn't, and it should and the, be, like, pieces. Yeah, the body would look quite mauled up, even under a sheet. Well, as we see no, foreshadowing later in the movie, there are people in this movie who somehow survive after being <laughs> literally in the mouth of a giant Correct. shark. So, but not this you know, guy, though. Not this guy. <laughs> well, yeah, and then what's even weirder... Hold on, I need to... I forgot to look up one of the other things I need to have ready for when we're looking... But, like, so particularly weird here. So Ellen identifies her son. Then we go back to her house where Michael, Carla, and Thea have finally arrived from the Bahamas because they always planned to, but like they didn't plan that their brother would be dead. And this is where going back to what I was saying before about um, kids and saying weird shit in movies, this is a direct line that Thea is asked to say. She okay. and like there's like some local women at the house hanging out with Ellen. And one of them is like, Oh, we're so happy to see you. You've gotten so big. And then she says, Uncle Sean is dead, you know. Will he come back? 
Oh. And then she's like, yeah. can I have a sandwich? Like, that's the next line is literally like, can I have a snack? Like, now, here's the thing, though. I think kids do say kind of stupid things like that. Maybe not the, will he come back? Like, if she already says the word dead. But how old do you think she's supposed to be? Like, five? They say she's five. Six. They say she's okay. five. So I don't really know a lot about child development. But, <laughs> like, I feel like at five... Maybe they don't have a concept of death, so maybe even if you say the word dead, that's that doesn't really pass through them. And the sandwich thing, I feel like it's pretty real. Yeah. No, I think I only know this from a bit of a sad thing that's happening to a friend of mine's family. I think five-year-olds do can be explained kind of. that death. Yeah. Like they can explain, and but I think what it will be is like later in life. Like, there will be some questions that you as their parent are going to have to field because there's only so much that they can really, like, actually process. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you can, like, a five-year-old can be told this person is dead and that means we won't see them again. They're not coming back. Okay. Um, But, like, later, and I don't even mean, like, super long later, like, maybe even in a couple years, that kid yeah. will probably be like, I have more questions now. And, sure. You know. Um, yeah. But needless to say, Ellen is, mm-hmm. like, standing out on the beach looking out at the water. And when yeah. um, Michael comes to hug her, she basically says, like, I'm sure that Sean was killed by a shark. To which... No one seems to have any evidence that that's happened, which I'm like, but you've got his body. Surely his body had well, his a arm if it was out of it. A, <laughs> like, right. His, if his arm was bit off, you could tell. Could you not? Presumably. But Michael is like, oh, no, that's not possible um, because sharks don't, great white sharks don't come to the cold water like we have up here. Wait a second. What, what the fuck? What kind of, what, has he not lived the, the life that, that, what? That's a weird, <laughs> that's wait, I'm true. That's true. Like, cause that's what I was saying. I was looking up as trying to figure out where they actually like live. Um, because they're supposed to be in Amity at this point, I think. Are they not? Yes. They're still in Amity at this point. So literally the first, at least the first movie, I don't, I haven't seen the other ones, like literally takes place there and there is literally a great white and multiple That's right. Die. Yes. Yes. So, and this child, Michael was a child when that happened and he saw his dad like go through, what are you talking about? They don't, that's literally what's happened before. Multiple times. <laughs> I mean, I get like being skeptical of your mom if there's no evidence in this exact moment. Right. But. To say that, like, it doesn't happen, it's like, wait, where have you literally been? (laughs) And also, I'm looking at um, the map of where kind of it shows the range of where it will like to be. And it is very clear that while, you know, Massachusetts water is cold, it is part of its range. It might not be a preferred range, but it is part of... I have questions later about when they're in the Bahamas, if that's where a great white would be. Well, they also say there that the water is too warm, but according to this Wikipedia thing that I'm looking at right now, that is not true. Um, Damn. uh, So, of course... Oh, and then further down it says... 
Great white sharks live in almost all coastal and offshore waters, which have water temperature between 12 and 24 degrees uh, Celsius, so that's 54 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit, um, with greater concentrations in the United States, South Africa, Japan, Oceania, Chile, and the Mediterranean. Um, oh, okay. Well so, then. so yeah, so actually that temperature window is definitely, I mean, it's true that at Christmas time, the water would be colder than 54 degrees. That's true. That's true. Um, but they absolutely can get to Massachusetts at different times of the year. It yeah. would be my guess. Um, and as you say, in the land of this film, it's happened before. So right. Well, that's what's funny about this this movie is like it is. <laughs> there's like some sciency stuff or like bio, biology stuff that's like on point, and other stuff that it's like, what are we saying here? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, because then, so then Ellen like breaks out and is like, Michael, you need to quit your job, which I think is marine biologist, though I couldn't. It seems like something like that, right? Um, yeah. And he refuses. And he's like, this is just like kind of mania and depression because dad died of a heart attack before and now Sean's dead. Um, and, but like I said, as you see in my outline, I'm like, but wouldn't it be fairly easy to determine that the shark killed him based on the state yes. of the corpse? <laughs> like, yes, it would, um, especially considering that it's happened before. Like, right. she could say, like, let's do an autopsy, let's like... Well, and even aside from that, like... You're right. I had kind of not even thought about it in those terms, but like this is a town that has had at least two famous yeah. shark attacks. So yeah. in relatively recent history. So like the yeah. the medical examiner, the coroner, the various members, like these are people who would have seen that before and been able yeah. to like quite easily say that's a shark attack. Boop. Yeah. Like all done. But Yeah, they did it in the last two movies. <laughs> right, but I guess, like, the thing that I don't understand, I guess, goes back to the fundamental premise of this movie, which is, like, if this shark is obsessed with the Brody family, which th the movie suggests that it is, like, why is it obsessed? Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, I, this is, like, that's my main question. That's truly my main question. And and then similarly, so I'm like, is it so smart that it decided all I'm going to do to Sean is bite off his arm and then drag him under down into the drink until he dies, but I don't want to let them know yet that it's me? Like, it's like, ooh, hoo, hoo. <laughs> like It's literally you. like a stealthy shark. <laughs> yeah. And then it's going to swim all the all way down the way to the down. Yes. And it be, knows that that's and, where they are. And be there immediately. Like... It can swim the many yeah, hundreds like know, of thousands of miles between Massachusetts can you and look the Bahamas. That up? <laughs> the distance can between... Can you look that up how long it would take a shark to swim that far? <laughs> I'm curious. And, like, hmm. Yeah, just so much about it is, like, we are playing fast and loose here, everybody. So, and according... I'm okay with that, but... Yes. So according to when I just Google distance between Massachusetts and the Bahamas, the answer yeah. is 1,247 miles. Um, okay. And then let's go back to Great White Shark 
you, uh, Wikipedia page to see if I can figure out how fast it can go. How, like, okay, so he dies, and blah, blah, blah. They, then Michael says, you should come to the Bahamas for the holidays. Right. Did they go right away? It's like literally that next day? Or well, like how because... How long did it take them to get down there? That's a good point, too, because they then have a little scene out in the streets of Amityville, or Amity, excuse me. Um, oh, so according... Okay, hold on a second. This is, um, first of all, this is, like, so much more research than anybody who made this movie did, but whatever. Yes, we've already spent more time thinking about this than they did. But so, <laughs> yeah, so, like, they arrive. So, let in terms of timeline, Sean dies. They arrive. I think they arrive when they were scheduled to arrive, which probably is only, like, a day or two because they were going to be there for Christmas or something. And so mm-hmm. then... We don't ever see Sean's funeral, I don't think. Oh, no, we see him go into the grave. We see that. And then at, it's the day after the funeral, I think, that they that we see a scene where they're saying to her, why don't you come and stay with us for Christmas? And so then yeah. we cut to being on the ferry uh, leaving Amity where Ellen mm. is publicly sobbing for quite a while. Um, right. And then we sh- then they're on the in the plane with Hoagie flying to the Bahamas. So let me just see here. So if it's 1247 miles from Massachusetts to the Bahamas <laughs> and then a shark can swim at 16 miles per hour so oh no it's like a word problem so according to that it's about 78 hours of swimming okay. that the shark would need to do okay so that Not is totally out of the realm three then, days because that's just a little yeah, over three like, days yeah yeah so yeah I guess the timing I don't think how would I put it I think they got lucky on that one. I don't think anyone <laughs> planned it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was like, they were like, oh, we need to make it three days. Otherwise, that wouldn't be possible for Shark to get there. Right. But yeah, I don't think that was the thought, but I think they're just lucky that Shark seemed to be quite fast. <laughs> right. So we arrive in the Bahamas. Hoagie's driving the plane, flying the plane. Um... And it's weird because the scene cuts here. We literally, just a second ago, we're watching Ellen gross cry on the ferry. And we cut to her, like, laughing and having a ball in this plane. And I guess that's, I, again, we, we as a people are getting better about saying grief manifests in many ways. Um, <laughs> but it was weird. It was quite jarring um, yeah. to me. Um, when they finally arrive... At Carla and Michael's home, that is right on the water. It looks like quite a nice little beach shack. I would be happy to live there. Beach shack. Um, <laughs> but like Ellen is freaking out. She doesn't want Thea playing by the water. Um, yeah. And then she starts having nightmares about the shark, which will continue. Um, meanwhile, we learn uh, about Michael. Michael's work, he and his buddy Jake are looking for conks underneath the water. Um, were you okay seeing these 
underwater shots where he's in the little submarine and it's like clearer, bluer water. Was that clearer, more acceptable? Clearer, bluer water. Yeah, clearer, bluer water I'm okay with. Like when I watched Splash recently and like those mm-hmm. underwater shots don't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. It's more the like dark, ominous water where sure. you can't see what's happening that I'm not into. Yeah, and I think if I remember correctly, these shots are actually even done like if not in a pool exactly they're in like a very like um like a particular enclosure in california that's meant for this kind of thing so it's not even the real like they're not really in the waters of the bahamas right right um i i don't precisely know what this research with conks is that they're doing (laughs) um but that is what they are doing and we've now arrived to christmas eve uh, when this is all transpiring. So we see the remaining Brodies and Jake and his girlfriend celebrating Christmas together. Um, but there is quite a bit of tension between Ellen and Michael because she keeps harassing him about quitting his job. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting reveal because we realize that he doesn't even have a job. What he is is a graduate student. Um, And as he says, he and Jake can't stop their research because they are, quote, almost PhDs. Um, So they are nearing the end of their graduate work is what I've surmised here. Um, So, yeah, it's weird to say quit your job and it's like this isn't my job. I don't I'm have a job. In school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, quit school. Yeah. Quit school I'm immediately. Don't be by the water. Um, the fall. Follow- she has a little bit of a point. The water part, like you do, seem to be tempting fate. Like again, he seems to have forgotten some stuff of the past. But you know, also, you have to. Look I mean, at your life. that's kind of an interesting question because, let's see, in the land of this movie. 12 years have passed since the very first shark attack. So, but what I can't remember, let me actually have a look because what, how the kid, that seems like they've aged him really fast. Well, I was thinking that too. So 12, if he's 27, that means he would have been 15. Right. And I don't think, and I don't think the oldest brother was not, well, there were two of them. He was not 15. I don't think either of the kids was that old. Um, he was more like 10 is what I would say. 10 or 11, look. maybe 12. Because he is the one who was in the water when the other... I'm pretty sure he's in the water when that other kid famously yes. gets killed on the raft. In the first one. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I, yeah. So he would be traumatized, I think. Yeah, you're right. Because the picture of the... So, so let's see. Um, the kid who played... Michael, in the original Jaws, was 12 years old. Okay. And so then 12 and 15 is 27. No, he's right. This is exactly, this, would, this is the age this kid would be. Or, well, no, oh. wait. No, wait. Hold on. 63. Tw- no. He, he would have been he, 24. A little, off, but, a little, but yeah, yeah a, little a little off, off but, but not by much. Um, yeah. And maybe that that's the actor is 27. Maybe the character is supposed to be 24. Yeah, could be. Although then I'm like, so then you've got a five-year-old daughter, so you had her when you were 19 years old? 
I mean, it does happen. It does happen, but, like, it generally doesn't happen to people who are getting PhDs. That's true. Because mainly you just don't have time. Right. But a man might have time. Yeah. No so, so there is, I mean, I did, yeah, I think it's fair to say that, like, some of the age calibrations here seem are off. off. Um, but they're close-ish enough um, to be, I think. But I would say that this character is, like, either in, like, deep denial about certain aspects of his childhood. Sure. Or, like, so, or like, because, again, he was in the water when that other kid died. That's, like, pretty, I don't know. That seems pretty traumatizing. Yeah. And he's just like, nope, I'm going to go scuba diving, and that's what I do for a living. I don't know. Maybe that's a normal response. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, there could be, somebody could maybe make the argument that, like, as a result of the shark attacks of his early childhood, maybe he developed kind of um, a desire to better understand things in the water, to avoid Mm. feeling fear, you know, like that Mm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that actually fits, because later in the movie, after a bad scare, he insists on going back in the water. So that he won't be yeah, scared. Okay. So, like, maybe it's that. Okay. Um, meanwhile, we start also building up the weird romance story between Ellen and <laughs> Hoagie. Um, Michael, I mean, and this is weird, too, because then it's like a love triangle between Ellen, Hoagie, and Michael. Like, Michael doesn't like that his mom is dating this guy, although I wouldn't even call what they're doing dating. Like... They seem yeah, to I hang know out. What the hell I would call it? A handful of times. Um, They're like flirting. Yes, that's, that's what I would call it. It mostly seems like flirting. Although Ellen is able to like chat with Hoagie about things that she's having a hard time discussing with Michael, including that she is sure that a murderous shark is coming for the rest of her family. Um, okay. Okay. Now I have a question. Sure. If you were if you were dating <laughs> or flirting, whatever you want to call it, with someone, yep. and they let something like that slip, mm-hmm. I fear that there is a shark targeting me and my family. It swam from Massachusetts to the Bahamas in seventy eight hours. It is here to hunt me. Right. What are and your presu- thoughts if someone said that? And to you? presumably. This shark has come back from the dead as well. Like, that's probably And then also. that part. Um, if I heard that in any context, but particularly <laughs> a dating context, yeah, I out. would respond with, do we need to call someone to get you home? Because <laughs> it won't be me. It won't be Whoa. me. Okay. Like, um, like, are you have are you in the okay. midst of an actual psychological episode while this oh, is happening? Wow, okay. <laughs> like, that okay, might be see, my. I response. feel like, and okay, that's probably fair. Maybe even nicer than I feel like my response would be because it. Okay, if we had been like on a few dates and I had like a little bit of like a formed opinion on them, maybe I would have that reaction. If it was like a first date or a first type of flirting, and this is what was brought up, I would, 
um, pretend I got a phone call and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, fair. I, that That's I, fair. I think I would. I think I would excuse myself immediately. That seems fine too. Um, I, although intriguingly, that is not Hoagie's response. He offers to take Ellen out for a day to get her mind. He like agrees. Yeah. Oh, yes. He agrees with her as well. Or like, I don't know. Or doesn't think it's crazy at least, I guess. Yeah. It's an interesting one because he's like, how would I put it? I don't think he believes what Ellen believes. No. But also... Remembering, like, okay, 50 is not that old, but, you know, the pickings are slim, too. Yeah. So maybe you're like, eh, she's a little crazy, but I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> she is age-appropriate, so that's something. Um, no, I, I'm trying to remember, but they do kind of talk, like, work on this a bit in the movie where it's like, I don't think until quite toward the end Hoagie actually believes that there's a shark that is targeting them. But he is like, she doesn't seem nuts except for this thing. So <laughs> something is going on. She's you know? mostly lucid, but she says this weird thing about sharks. Yeah, she's got this <laughs> one problem that seems real bad, but otherwise she seems totally chill. Um so yeah, he and because he does, I feel like there are times when Hoagie tries to intercede with Michael. And be like, you know, whether you agree with her or not, it, you maybe should, like, listen to her concerns more or something. Um, mm-hmm. Then, but this is not happening because, meanwhile, back on the, like, ship-submarine combo, um, <laughs> Jake is down in the water, do, like, doing something with conks. It never quite gelled with me like what they were doing there um the shark yeah like swims right up alongside the little submarine and attacks him um and and then eventually the shark like as jake is coming up out of the water and getting onto the boat the the shark attacks the boat but then goes away um yeah and none of the other people on the boat, like Jake and these other two like crew member guys that are there, they're all like, why would it be going away like that? That's very strange. Michael, however, looks visibly upset and seems to be thinking about something. Um, mm-hmm. But then he tells Jake, don't let my mom know that this has happened. Because <laughs> um, that bitch will go nuts. She is already in a... State And if we say this, it's really all over. Um, next, they go to the casino, I think, um, because now we're to New Year's Eve. And it's a oh, New Year's Eve. I maybe didn't clock that. Celebration. Um, and while they're cel- like doing their celebrating and having drinks, Jake almost blurts out that they've found a shark. Um... <laughs> Which, there's, like, quite some good, like, eye acting and, like, eyebrow work in this scene. <laughs> where, like, Michael's like, hmm, ah. Eye no. acting. Like, um, that I quite liked. Um, and <laughs> what's interesting is, like, Ellen and Michael as a character arc seem to be trading positions. Like, Ellen, I guess because she's, like, really enamored of the idea of maybe having sex with Hoagie is starting to chill out. 
Michael, however, is starting to ramp up on his paranoia and concerns. Um, though, mm-hmm. though it's not clear. I mean, at this point, I would say his paranoia and concerns are more about the fact that Ellen's possibly dating someone and not so much the shark. About a deadly shark. Um, yeah. But I personally would be like, if I'm worried about something, if I have to put my worries into a priority, I think deadly shark would f- be higher than my mother having a casual fling on the Bahamas. Like, in mm, my I mind... I might have to disagree. I but. know. <laughs> you You have a very gloomy idea about parental dating, so... And to which I understand, but I'm of a slightly different I'm just kidding. Opinion. I would be more, in this particular scenario, I'd be concerned about a deadly shark. But I think in my real life, yeah, I'd be like, Mom, gross, stop. Well, I think what it is is like, Hoagie seems a bit like a grifter. And that part, too. that would concern me if you yeah. were, like, targeting our mother. Um, but... As someone who has vainly tried to convince mom not to date certain people, I've given up. So, um, <laughs> you, li- you live and you learn, I guess, is what you'd say. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's a Christmas time <laughs> thing, and we talk about family issues that make you upset. Um, so, then... We are back into the world of shark chasing, and Jake has made a transmitter that they want to affix to the shark so that they can better track it. Jake has gotten really excited. He wants to kind of pivot their research to be about this shark rather than being about boring-ass conks. Um, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, and particularly... It was never totally clear to me f- what the conch research was doing, and I and I also yeah. didn't have a sense of like what Jake thought the great white research was going to be. Um, yeah, but a court, I th- at least part of it I thought was because same as what we were just talking about. Like Jake says, like great whites are not meant to come to the Bahamas because the water's too warm. So mm-hmm. I guess the research would be about why is this shark here. I guess. Um, But, like, the thing that's even weirder, so they have a bit of a tiff about this, but at the end of it, Michael eventually relents and is like, okay, we can study the shark for a few days, but then we've got to go back to conch research. But the thing that's weird about that, particularly because they've said that they're PhD students, I've done a PhD, like, (laughs) I I don't know how sciences work in quite the same way. But my guess is that they've been studying these conks for months, doing things, taking very careful readings, being quite, like, deliberate in their findings, right? You can't just be like, well, look at this other random-ass thing for a few days, and that will then give us enough research to to totally pivot our entire PhD project to this. Like, Yeah, and I have not done a PhD. I have not come anywhere close to it, and I feel like that seems pretty obvious. Yeah. But that's where they leave it. (laughs) Meanwhile, Michael's life is kind of falling apart all around him. When he comes home, he has a fight with his wife, Carla. Um, And it was interesting because basically the fight emerges over taking out the trash, which I think people who have shared spaces, even with people who are not in romantic partnerships, you wouldn't believe how much a chore is what brings 
frustration to the surface. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, basically, she asks him what's wrong, and then he freaks out, and he's like, nothing's wrong. Um, And then they have weird blowtorch sex in the garage with the door open with people around. Um, Did you say blowtorch sex? Well, because the other thing that's, like, going on that I've not really mentioned is that Carla seems to be some kind of an artist, and she's, like, a sculpture, a sculptor. right, right. And so she's working on her sculpture for an upcoming, like, exhibit, and so she Mm -hmm. has her blowtorch, and she's, like, mad at him, and so at one point she, like, turns on the blowtorch and, like, turns it toward him, like, and I was, like, (laughs) and in my handwritten notes, I just wrote... They have a weird dynamic. That was my handwritten <laughs> note. Um, and that's all I can say. So Michael's life is kind of not falling apart, but he does seem to be really decompensating, like really not yeah. doing well in life. Um, yeah. Back on the ship, they're able to chum the water to get the shark to come so that they can attach the transmitter to it. Um, and this is where we get another thing that like was meant to function as um, kind of, how would I say, a suspense-inducing uh, thing, much like the soundtrack. But it didn't, to me, it didn't mm-hmm. work quite the same way. Like hearing the heartbeat of the shark did not make me feel much suspense. No, the music is much better at that yeah. device. Yeah, but that was something that I remember reading in the Wikipedia thing is that they were like, we thought this heartbeat thing was going to be a little bit more effective than it turned out to be. Um, <sighs> they thought a lot of things. They did think movie. a lot of things. <laughs> they think a lot. They thought a lot of things that didn't really pan out because um, then they do manage to pick up the heartbeat and they start to track the shark. Um, Meanwhile, Michael is asking Jake what he knows about Hoagie because he just doesn't trust him with his mother. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing here that's, like, super important. Um, although later, like, maybe the following evening, back at the house, Ellen does check in with Michael to say that she's worried about him. Um Again, this is like what I'm saying where like the the characters of Michael and Ellen are like ships passing in the night where she's kind of settling down while he's ramping up in his paranoia yeah. about the shark. Because um, back out on the sea, Michael is under the water looking for more conch shells and the heartbeat shows up on the monitor. Jake radios to him to get him out of the water, but the shark is too fast and it attacks the sub that Michael is in. Um, Michael Mm -hmm. eventually gets out of the sub just in time to only swim away into a shipwreck, um, (laughs) which the shark follows into. Um, He's only able to escape because he uses his oxygen tank to kind of blast himself to the surface Mm-hmm. Um, whereupon he gets onto the, you know, like, um, deck and is like freaking out. Um, unsurprisingly, I mean, I think if I ran away from a shark, I would be 
pretty freaked out. Oh, I would. As well. Oh, I'd be dead already. <laughs> like, I'd be fucking dead if I had passed out under the water and died. Um, now, the following day uh, is the day that Carla's fancy sculpture is being opened and, like, displayed to the public. Um, and Michael and the whole family are meant to be there for that event. Mm-hmm. However, Michael is out on the ship uh, and he's saying to Jake that he has to go under the water again immediately um, because he because the previous day had scared him so much that he was like basically like um, it's the same thing as like if you fall off a horse get right back on kind of thing yeah you know so he goes into the water to yeah get himself back into what he's supposed to be meanwhile on the beach in the town. Carla, Ellen, Thea, and Jake's girlfriend are all there. Um, Carla's being feted and praised for making what I consider to be a hideous sculpture. Um, (laughs) Truly hideous. Um, But she's, unsurprisingly and, and fairly, she's pissed off because Michael isn't there. Um... Meanwhile, there's a bunch of kids playing on the beach. Thea decides she wants to go on the banana boat with other kids. Uh, They let her go. I don't know if a five-year-old can be on a banana boat. Here's what I'll say about a banana boat. I've been on one once in my life. Um, They are fun. (laughs) Yeah, they look fun. but I will say I do think a five-year-old is a little too small. Like, they're, they're not as – they're actually pretty sturdy, at least the one that I went on. I feel like it was one of the more sturdy, like, water toys, I don't know, um, that I rode on. I did this and I did it in Aruba, so I think it's, like, a big thing in, like, <laughs> that part of the world to, like, make tourists go on silly things like a banana boat. Um but a five-year-old seems too small for that because there's really you, there's no, you're there's no really where to hold on. Yeah, from what so I'm, I agree, I don't think. From what I'm getting from just a random internet search, uh, it seems like the basic expectation is that you are eight years old. Um, yeah, I think cause, because your little legs have to go over both sides of it. And, like, a little five-year-old's yeah. legs might, like, you can't really grip. Like You can have, like, from what I'm and these are, you know, and I don't, like, this is also because these are all different companies that do banana boat rides. And so that's where they're giving this information. Yeah. Um, I think, presumably, you could have someone who's younger. But the reason they don't is because of legal potential troubles. Sure. Um, of from course. What I've, and actually, quite, from again, what I've gathered... Go on. I'm sorry. Oh, I just, like, I know from, again, being a dumb tourist at these places, the guys who drive the, like, boats, they want you to fall off. And not in, like, not in, like, a sinister way, but, like, it's, like, supposed to be kind of, I don't find it fun, but, like, (laughs) it's supposed to be kind of, like, fun. Like, we're messing with you. We're going to drive this crazy so that you, like, fly all around and, like, fall off, you know? Yeah. Yeah, from what I'm guessing or what I'm seeing here, eight is really more of a consensus minimum 
Um, and it does also seem like most of the time they're saying if you're eight, you still need a life jacket until you're at least 12. Um, and if you're under 18, you still need parental consent no matter what. Um, I guess she technically has parental consent. There's lots of rules with banana boats. Yeah. (laughs) And as there should be based on this scene, because, (laughs) so she goes off. Maybe the scene is why. (laughs) Yeah. She goes off on the banana boat. And um, what happens? Well, the banana boat looks quite tasty to a shark. Mm. So the shark literally, <laughs> this was, I think this was one of the kills where I was like, oh my God. Um, this was graphic think, and um, unsettling. <laughs> I mean, so so the little baby girl is like right in front of this other lady and the other lady, the shark comes up and like bites her off of it, basically, yes. right? Yes. And like, yes. So the the little five year old narrowly escapes getting eaten by a shark. Yes, yes. And and not only is that like there's the chomp on the person sitting behind Thea's leg, but then mm-hmm. we also watch this person her, like getting fully eaten. Yeah, and we watch her get dragged down by the shark, like. It's yeah. really quite disturbing. Um, yeah. Even when you know it's all fake, it's disturbing to see. Sure. Um, and and it really happens. Like again, yeah. not to, no like shark slander, but like it does happen. Yeah. So needless to say, in the in the wake of this chaos, you know, crisis is narrowly averted for the Brody family. Thea is okay, but we see Ellen kind of get a strong resolve that she's going to do something about this. So she goes out mm-hmm. on Michael and Jake's boat with the express purpose of finding this shark and putting an end to this business. What do you think she thinks she's going to do? I don't know. I don't know that she really had a plan. I'm not going to lie. Because, no, she doesn't have any... Or at least not a well-thought-out plan. Yeah, like, she takes the boat out, but, like, she we don't even have a montage of her, like looking through to see what kinds of weapons they maybe have on the boat or I sort of read it as like, like almost that. a suicide mission. Maybe. No, like no I think that's right. To like drive it out. I think, yeah, I think maybe, maybe what she imagines, though there's no reason to presume this, is that if yeah. she sacrifices herself to the shark, yeah. that then Michael and Thea will be allowed to live. I think yeah. that's probably what her headspace is in. That being yeah, said, I think so too. there's no that makes no sense because I'm like <laughs> everything we know about this shark suggests that it will just keep hunting them at, yeah. anyway. Like Yeah. But nonetheless, that's what she goes out to do. Back at the house, Michael comes f- back and Carla just, like, fucking lays into him, as she should, um, in part because their daughter has been attacked by a shark, um, in part because he blew off her important professional thing so he could be in the water. It's a bad day. It's not great. And then (laughs) he realizes, he looks out, and he sees that the boat is gone, that his mother has taken it. So he and Jake decide to go after her, um, as they're trying to literally paddle out on a dinghy, I'm like, you're never going to catch up to her, <laughs> dude. Um, as they're doing that, Hoagie 
asks what they're doing. They explain. He's like, well, I'll go. Let's use my plane to get where we need to go. Again, speaking mm-hmm. to the kind of romance situation or whatever happening between Hoagie and Ellen, um, this is another place where I'm like, does he think that he's collecting a woman who's had some sort of a psychotic break? Because um, he still doesn't believe the shark thing. All he knows is that Ellen has like freaked out and taken a boat out by herself. Yeah. I don't know. I think men have weird expectations of women. (laughs) (laughs) And by weird expectations, I mean, like, if there's a physical attraction, that's where the buck stops. I see. I see. Um, (laughs) It doesn't matter. So it's like, I literally. Well, I mean, I guess maybe. I will say something slightly different to that, which is <laughs> I do think that men tend to seem to prefer women who need some kind of saving. Um, and I think that's true too. And so then, because they can kind of like paint themselves into some sort of narrative where it's like, oh, I'm going to like have her hero. do this thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... Now, that being said, it, like, Ellen is having some kind of mental breakdown, and she does She does actually need rescuing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, take all of this with a grain of salt. This is a real thing that she needs help with, so they've gone out to do it. (laughs) And she does need literal physical rescuing because she's on a boat alone trying to... In the water. Yes. ...get a shark. Yes. And so they take the plane out. They figure out where Ellen is. Um... This is when Hoagie says that she feels that she needs to finish the job with this shark. Um, although, again, I'm not sure Hoagie believes that there is a shark. Like, I think she, he believes there's yeah. something going on, but I don't think he necessarily believes her that there's this shark killing people. Yeah. Um, so before they fi- before he actually literally like lands his plane onto the water. Um, he radios for help um, to try and once they find her so that people can come out and get them. Mm-hmm. On the ship, this is kind of the final climax scene. Um, this, the shark has, has, to Ellen's credit, the shark has shown up and has decided <laughs> to attack. When, of course. When Hoagie, Michael, and Jake arrive in the plane... The shark then attacks the plane um, with Hoagie on it, um, whereupon the plane is ripped apart by the shark, dragging Hoagie down into the water. Um, yeah. we Some minutes pass, but then we get the reveal that Hoagie is not dead. In fact, he's perfectly fine, strikingly. How, okay, okay, okay. This is the first of two non-deaths that I'm confused by. Yeah. How did he not die? Even if the shark didn't touch him, which, why? I guess because it only wants to kill Brodies. But, like, why did he not drown? Yeah. I mean, because I can't remember... I can't remember now, because, like, when he's initially attacked, 
Michael and Jake have already jumped out of the plane and started swimming to the water to the ship. He's yeah. standing in the doorway of the plane, and I can't remember I if I guess we assume he swims out of it and, like, is just a really strong swimmer. I guess that's what we're assuming. Yeah, but what I can't... What I'm saying is what I can't remember is if when the... When the shark pops out above the water, what I can't remember is if it gives him a little chomp and then starts attacking <laughs> the plane or if it only ever is attacking the plane and he just happens to be in it. That I can't remember now. Um, yeah, maybe it's only attacking the plane because you're right. I don't think he's like bloody or like got an arm no, missing one or anything. No, he definitely has both arms and both legs. We know that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, he, but you're right. Like, the plane is obliterated by the shark and dragged under the water. So I guess Hoagie is just an incredibly good swimmer. He's, an, um, he's you know. Uh, so he manages to survive and get back onto the ship. Jake and Michael then create some, like, canisters. I don't really know what these things are, like battery charges or whatever, but what they want to do is, like, one is, like, the remote control and one it goes into the shark. And what mm-hmm. they want to do is use the remote control to shock the shark to death, I think was the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, but to have this work, you have to get this weird little canister thing into the mouth of the shark. Into its mouth. And right. that's when poor Jake get, actually does get chomped. Um, More than chomped, he's literally in the thing's mouth. Yes, and it's like right at—it's right where people who do get attacked by sharks, where it's like the worst. It's like it was, it was around his stomach. I want to say, like it was yeah. right in the middle of him, and there was oh, blood. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, and we see again. We see the shark dragging his body down. You know what's into funny? the water. You know what's yeah. You know, and you know what's funny about this part is I was like, I was kind of like when they showed the. The shot of him, like, literally in its mouth, like, as if, like, a piece of lettuce was sticking out of a human's mouth. (laughs) Like, I was, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if he somehow survived this? That'd be crazy. This movie would be crazy for that. And then that effing happened. Correct. So, like, he gets dragged down, and finally, Michael continues to try and shock the shark. The shark doesn't like it. But the thing that actually kills the shark is that Ellen uses the prow of the ship to stab the shark to death. And the boat... And it explodes, question mark? No, nothing... Does anything explode? I can't remember. I thought thought the shark exploded. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. I think you're right, though I don't remember for sure. Um, Because it had the charge inside it, so she like poked it and then it exploded? Yeah, because then then I I was always confused about how the ship fell apart. So yeah, maybe that's what happened. Because then they're all on, like, little bits um, of flotsam in the water waiting to yeah. be rescued. And that's when Jake literally, like, bobs up from the surface or bobs up to the, the surface. Hell? And he's, like, bleeding. Oh, maybe what we're supposed to – maybe what we're supposed to believe – wait, that's crazy, too. This is – this okay, either way what we're supposed to believe is crazy. So either he didn't get killed from being eaten or he got all the way chewed up. Like all the way swallowed, and then the shark exploded, and he was okay. Wait, and like you he mean came like because he was a- no, Amy? Are you literally suggesting a Jonah and the whale scenario yeah. for Jake? Yeah, I don't think that's how sharks eat. I think if he had actually been like consumed by the shark, 
there would be no hope of him being like intact enough to then be okay. Well, I don't think even the way that they showed it, he would have been intact enough. But no, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. But like what you're pitching actually would be funnier. I would like to see it. Like, <laughs> I would actually like them to see, like, like, they've got, they've trapped the shark, they've killed it, and they, like, bring it out onto the surface, and then they cut its stomach, and he just rolls they, out. And he comes like, flying out. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. Um, and he's, like, totally fine. He's yeah. just like, oh, thanks. Yeah, and so that's the end of the movie. We have, like, the final scene, to the degree that it even is a scene, is Ellen gets back on Hoagie's plane to fly home, uh, Carla, Michael, and Thea remain in the Bahamas. I guess she's now decided it's totally cool if he's a marine biologist. And that yeah, but they blew up the shark that was chasing them. There's no other threats. There's never gonna be another shark, even though there was five before this one. But I know, and considering that this shark seems to have a vendetta against them for no fucking reason whatsoever, um, there are so many more great white sharks in the sea <laughs> why couldn't another one uh get a yeah vendetta? this one's baby whatever yeah yeah that's it movie and and i mean i guess it did close <sighs> out the franchise so i was about to say is there any more after this no this is it nope this that is was the end. last one they needed to kill yeah so on to yarns wow. and eye rolls yeah quite a ride quite a roller coaster ride yeah um for yawns, one yawn is I found this super fascinating and engaging. And 10 yawns is like I found this super boring and super hard to care about. What would you say? Oh, uh, like two or three. It was I, not boring. Okay. But also not like the most riveting thing. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think I would do a five because... We just made, like, a nice little pastiche of what this movie was. But actually watching it, I found to be pretty dull. Like, it was really letting Um, me down in some ways. That's true. I mean, if I'm honest, I was probably distracted through a portion of it, doing other things. (laughs) But it was one that you could still figure out what the hell was happening and not fully pay attention. Yeah. Um, And then for eye rolls, one eye roll is... What do you want from me? It's a movie. <laughs> um, and 10 eye rolls is like, come on. This is complete, like, nonsense. What would you hmm. give it? Well, see, now I feel like for this one I might do a five because, like we said, there are some, like, science points that they hit on and some, like, things that are believable, and then they have the whole conceit that a shark is chasing a specific family. Right. And that's where they lose me. <laughs> Correct. So I feel like it's like really hit or miss in this movie. Um, so yeah, I feel like five. Yeah. Right in the middle. I think I agree with you on that because, yeah, for all the same reasons, really. Um, so I guess then the final final thoughts portion is... Did you like this, and would you recommend it? Uh, you know, yeah, I liked it fine. I like, like we said at the top, I do like a shark movie. If a shark is involved, I'll probably watch it, like, even if it's not the best thing in the world. Is it my favorite shark movie? No. Would I recommend a different shark movie? Yes. <laughs> Santa Paws, maybe. 
or Santa Jaws, whatever it is. Santa no, Paws um, surely also exists. That's somewhere. a dog one. I think that is a dog one. Um, I would, yeah, I would recommend probably another shark movie, but I would also say this one's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess what I would say is I liked this okay, um, mm-hmm. but had higher hopes. Um, yeah. Because I knew it was kind of bad. Um, yeah. And I was just hoping that it would kind of just kick into that Be a little extra, bit more fun. Yeah. Like, um, if it's bad, I like, we've talked about this before. There's many things that we've watched that are, like, objectively some of the worst things ever made. <laughs> and, but I enjoyed the ride. But they're fun. Right. Yeah. Um, this one was like almost trying to be a bit too serious. Serious, yeah. Um, and, you know. Because they, I think they were literally, like you said, they were trying to like continue the franchise and like make money. It was not meant to, it was not meant to be bad and it just was bad. So yeah. that's. Yeah. Yeah. It's a missed opportunity in a, in a way. Um, yeah. So I liked it okay. I'd recommend it, I suppose. Um, it's easy to find, especially if you're someone who's like a bit of a completist. That's probably a compelling reason <laughs> to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about all I can say about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. But what we can say is Merry Christmas from our family (laughs) to yours. Um, I am Sarah, and I'm here with Amy, and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.